Welcome to Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee, a podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. TIPQC exists to improve health outcomes for mothers and infants in Tennessee through our quality collaborative that will identify opportunities to optimize maternal and infant outcomes across our state and is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. The Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee podcast is designed for medical professionals and for patients and families across the state. We will focus on all aspects of the perinatal period with special attention to reducing our maternal mortality rate. This podcast is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Welcome to the Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee podcast brought to you by the Tennessee Initiative for Perinatal Quality Care. I am Danielle Tate, a maternal fetal medicine specialist and the maternal medical director of TIPQC. Today's discussion will focus on just-released 2023 Tennessee Maternal Mortality Report. This is a report that was based on data from 2021 for the state and has some alarming trends. We are so grateful to have with us today Dr. Toby Emerson from the Tennessee Department of Health. She's here to help us understand what this data means and to give recommendations for turning this report into action. Dr. Emerson is the Deputy Commissioner for Population Health for the Tennessee Department of Health. She provides leadership for family health and wellness, minority health and disparities elimination, population health assessment, primary prevention, vital records and statistics, and the state chief medical examiner at the Department of Health. She's a very busy doctor, so we're glad to have her here today. Dr. Emerson is no stranger to TIPQC and has served on our advisory board for several years. She continues with her busy pediatric practice as well in the Nashville area. We are so honored to have you here today with us, Dr. Emerson. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, let's just get right to it because I know everyone is definitely excited to hear about what the updated information is as maternal and child health continue to be at the forefront of discussion for the nation, but especially for the state of Tennessee. Can you tell us exactly what this MMR report is? So the MMR report is a maternal mortality report, and it's a report that describes maternal deaths in Tennessee and the demographic characteristics of the women who died while pregnant or within one year of pregnancy. This current year's report includes deaths from 2021 and also a compilation of 2017 to 2021 death data. We started publishing this report in 2019, and we've released a report annually since then. Great. So a lot of great background information there. I'm so glad the state is able to provide this and has made this, again, a priority for another year. The MMR report is, is compiled by the Maternal Mortality Review Committee or the MMRC. Will you tell us more about this committee and its role in everything that we're talking about today? Sure. The MMRC is a Tennessee Department of Health commissioner-appointed multidisciplinary team. This team is full of experts that are tasked to review all of the deaths occurring during pregnancy or within a year of pregnancy and to report any recommendations for changes to any law, rule, or policy that would help promote the safety and well-being of women as well as the prevention of maternal deaths. And this panel includes a wide variety of representation of subject matter experts from everything from pediatrics to public health, OBGYNs, anesthesiology, 
our Office of the State Chief Medical Examiner, neonatologists. We have members of our Tennessee State Legislature, as well as representatives from mental health, maternal fetal medicine, and other specialties. That's great. I love the idea of having such a great diverse group with all their expertise together and experts from our state. So that's really a great resource for the state to have. Well, let's jump right into this MMR report and discuss the findings. Throughout the report, the term pregnancy-associated deaths is used to define the relationship of the event with the pregnancy. Can you speak more to what that designation means? So a pregnancy-associated death is the death of a woman during pregnancy or within one year of the end of pregnancy from any cause. So it could be anything from a car accident all the way to a death from preeclampsia or some other pregnancy-related situation. Pregnancy-associated deaths are further subcategorized into pregnancy-related deaths and pregnancy-associated but not related deaths. And I know those are three very different terms and two very different subcategories. Can you explain the significance of those two different categories and the others that may be used? Sure. And I know this can get a little bit confusing. It took a while for me to understand it, so I'll go as thoroughly as I can. A pregnancy-associated death can be classified into either pregnancy-related death or pregnancy-associated but not related death. A pregnancy-related death is a death of a woman during pregnancy within one year of pregnancy from a direct pregnancy complication, a chain of events that is initiated by pregnancy or the aggravation of an unrelated condition by the physiologic effects of pregnancy. So that's a pregnancy-related death. A pregnancy-associated but not related death is a death of a woman during pregnancy or within one year of pregnancy that is a cause that is not related to pregnancy. So for a good example of that would be if somebody was in a car accident because they were broadsided by a semi-tractor trailer. That would be a good good example of a pregnancy-associated but not related death. A pregnancy-associated but unable to determine pregnancy-relatedness is all deaths that occurred within pregnancy or within one year of pregnancy, but the MMRC was not able to determine the exact relatedness. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying. That's so helpful, you know, going through the report and now understanding what those different terms mean. I noticed that this year, the report specifically speaks to pregnancy-associated COVID-19 related deaths in pregnancy. Is this a focus now as part of the review? Yes. So COVID-19 related deaths were a major focus of this year's annual report because it accounted for about one in six or 22 pregnancy associated deaths. And it was the leading cause of pregnancy related death in 2021. Whereas in 2020, COVID-19 was determined to be an underlying cause of death for five of the 98 cases reviewed by the committee. And because all but one of the COVID-19 related deaths were determined to be preventable, we really wanted to highlight the recommendations that could be implemented at the system, healthcare, and community level in this year's report. Okay, great. I mean, as we are coming out of this pandemic, I believe we are out of the pandemic proper, it's great to know that we have this focus area because as with everything else in life, COVID-19 did have an impactful moment there in the healthcare as well. Going back to the sub-findings that you talked about, each subcategory in the report, I just wanted us to take a moment and talk about the top findings in each subcategory, that being pregnancy-related deaths, pregnancy-associated but not related deaths, 
pregnancy-associated COVID-19-related deaths. Are you able to share those findings with us today? I sure can. So in the there were 53 pregnancy-related deaths in 2021. So COVID-19 was the leading underlying cause of pregnancy-related deaths, as I mentioned before. Over the past five years, cardiovascular disease remained the leading cause of pregnancy-related deaths during that time period. Obesity was found to contribute to approximately two in five pregnancy-related deaths. And of the 17 deaths where substance use disorder was a contributing factor, approximately three in four had a co-occurring mental health problem. We found that mental health conditions contribute to about one in three pregnancy-related deaths and four in five pregnancy-related deaths were approximately 80% were deemed preventable. When you look at the 63 pregnancy-associated but not related deaths in 2021, the top causes and manner of death were acute overdose, motor vehicle accidents, as well as homicide and suicide. Mental health conditions contribute to approximately 35% of the pregnancy-associated but not related deaths. Almost 75% of pregnancy-associated but not related deaths occurred during the 43 to 365 days postpartum period. And two-thirds of all pregnancy-associated but not related deaths in 2021 were deemed to be preventable. And then moving on to the COVID deaths, there are 22 pregnancy-associated COVID-19 deaths. These deaths were mostly pregnancy-related And of the 22 COVID-19 deaths, the decedents were mostly unvaccinated. So 18 of the 22 were unvaccinated. Obesity was a major contributing cause of 64% of those COVID-19 deaths. And then finally, between 2017 and 2021, pregnancy-associated but unable to determine pregnancy-related deaths were also identified. Over three in five of these deaths were were deaths due to violence and substance use. Such helpful information. And I will tell you, a lot of what you mentioned are things that we see in our day-to-day practices here in the state. Were there any significant trends noted when comparing the most recent findings to the findings of previous reports in the past years? So, yes, when we look at some of the trends, there are some certain things we like to pay attention to. So, in our latest review, there was a significant increase in the pregnancy-associated deaths. This in part is attributed to enhancement of our surveillance and case identification methods. Integration of hospital discharge data into our standard case identification process captured 32 additional cases, with 14 of them confirmed as true pregnancy-associated deaths. Our pregnancy-related mortality ratio was almost two times the prior four-year ratio, with an average ratio of 35.4 deaths per 100,000 live births. And then also COVID-19 took precedence as a primary cause of pregnancy-related deaths, surpassing cardiovascular disease and substance use disorder. But however, when you consider the aggregate data from the previous years, cardiovascular disease remains a primary cause of of death. And then substance use disorder, mental health conditions, discrimination, and obesity persist as leading contributing factors of maternal mortality. Some interesting trends and definitely and see we have work to do, which I know we can do as a state. In regards to disparities, were there any noted differences shown in this data? Over the past five years in Tennessee, this is not really surprising, but we know that Black women were 2.4 times as likely to die from pregnancy-related causes as white women. Black women were also more represented in the pregnancy-related cardiovascular deaths and homicides, while white women were more represented in the substance use disorders. 
Over half of the deaths where discrimination was listed as a contributing factor were classified as pregnancy-related, with many of those deaths occurring because of COVID-19, cardiovascular disease, and substance use disorders. Non-Hispanic and white women, which is approximately 70%, and those residing in Middle Tennessee, 45%, had a larger burden of acute overdose compared to other races and ethnicities in the Grand Divisions of Tennessee. It sounds like we may be seeing some of the same trends that we hear about nationally. And in regards to everything that you've discussed, how does Tennessee compare to other states or to the country as a whole? So Tennessee's maternal mortality, unfortunately, ranks consistently the bottom five worst states in the U.S. Tennessee has consistently conducted comprehensive analysis and reporting of our maternal mortality review committee data over the past five years. In contrast, some states have only shared partial years of data. So we do have very comprehensive reporting, more so than a lot of our fellow states. When we compare the aggregate data of 36 states over 2017 to 2019, Tennessee shares the top three underlying causes of pregnancy-related deaths, mental health conditions, hemorrhage, and cardiac and coronary conditions. Similarly, most of the pregnancy-related deaths reviewed by the MMRC were determined to be preventable, approximately 80% of those deaths. Other shared characteristics include increasing rates with maternal age and disproportionate impacts on minority groups in urban metropolitan residences. We not do appreciate the state for being so transparent with our information, you know, and allowing us to share with the national data because I know it's helpful just overall. Now, I know that in an effort to promote women's safety and well-being and to prevent maternal deaths, the MMRC has established recommendations based on the findings of the MMR report, which is great. Will you give us a brief overview of the recommendations put forth in the report? So the MMRC identified some emerging issues for community and statewide agencies, clinics, hospital systems, healthcare providers, women, and their friends and families. So the pregnancy-related recommendations include, one, providers should really offer the COVID-19 vaccine to all pregnant women and be aware of the improved outcomes with the early use of ECMO in patients with COVID-19 during pregnancy. The state should help improve access and availability of mental health providers and promote the increase of the mental health workforce. And government agencies should offer routine prenatal care for incarcerated patients with a history of substance use. Hemorrhage continues to be a leading cause of death for women who died the day of delivery. So facilities should maintain CME and management of obstetric hemorrhage, maintain ongoing training in pregnancy and on pregnancy and postpartum complications, and be equipped with blood products. When you look at the pregnancy-associated but not related recommendations, all households with known substance use disorder and substance use history should have naloxone available and providers should ensure outpatient treatment for pregnant women. Providers should screen all women for domestic violence at every medical visit, especially during prenatal visits, and coordinate appropriate follow-up care with women who have a positive domestic violence screen. Pregnant women should also seek prenatal care and enroll in presumptive eligibility, and that's just a fancy word, getting enrolled in insurance. If there's a history of chronic illness with pain management, it is encouraged for them to work with their healthcare providers to get on medication to manage those chronic conditions and reduce the risk of misusing pain medications. For those who are pregnancy-associated but unable to determine relatedness, we made the recommendations that healthcare providers should consistently screen and refer for substance use 
during pregnancy and the postpartum period. And then emergency departments should implement a, the lethality assessment for all individuals seeking services at the hospital. Those are very thorough recommendations, but much appreciated and very relevant. Definitely ties everything in. It gives us practical guidance to definitely take care of patients and keep both our pregnant patients and their babies safe. So that's great. Just switching gears a little bit, you know, based on the findings of the MMR report, are there any suggestions for providers reading this report and listening to this podcast now that they've heard all of the great information you've shared? So I highly recommend everyone take a look at the report. This is such a well-done report. We've made really big strides in our divisions to really update these and make them easier to read, very simple to read. So one of the big recommendations and suggestions that we have is that providers should make sure that every pregnant patient gets screened at every visit for intimate partner violence and substance use disorder. They should follow up with patients who are having those missed appointments because those are very often patients who need more resources. They should provide information about rehabilitation programs for those patients who do have substance use disorder, and then also encourage patients to stay up to date with their vaccinations per CDC guidelines. And how about the pregnant people listening today and their support system, the loved ones, partners, family members? What are the suggestions for them? So for the loved ones, we ask them to check in on their pregnant family member check in on their mental health. Pregnancy is difficult. Postpartum period can be very difficult. Just check in on those family members. Give assistance at visits. Advocate for them during their office visits. And speak to a nurse or provider when you see things that are concerning about their mental health or substance use. And if you are a woman who is pregnant, make sure you're attending all of the prenatal care visits. Every single one is important. Make sure you advocate and speak up for yourself. Understand the risk factors associated with pregnancy and be open with your provider and nurses about anything you may be struggling with. Absolutely. Advocacy is so important, whether patients advocate for themselves or their support system advocates for them. So thank you for sharing those recommendations and suggestions. And lastly, as a community, as those in the community, our support systems listen in across the state, are there any suggestions for those in the community, those support organizations or community leaders? So we always call ourselves a volunteer state. And one of the great things about Tennessee is that we have all of these community-based organizations that help wrap around families. So our community leaders can help us disseminate information about risk factors in pregnancy and pregnancy safety at health fairs, churches, mom groups, libraries. Organizations can also help us host community podcasts regarding maternal mortality in our state. They can help host community baby showers. There's so many ways that I've seen community organizations, wraparound families, and anything that we can do to help moms is a good thing. So true. I think, you know, it's also very important for everyone to tap into their skill set and their strong points, and it's definitely going to help the family get through a pregnancy smoothly. Well, I do appreciate your time, Dr. Emerson, and sharing everything. We appreciate the efforts of the state as well. And I just want to conclude with one final question. What does the Department of Health have on the horizon to address maternal mortality in Tennessee as we move forward? I want to give a special shout out to the staff in the Family Health and Wellness Division who've been working so hard on all of these initiatives. So Tennessee recently received supplemental funding as a part of our CDC enhanced reviews and surveillance to eliminate maternal mortality, which is a very long to basic with acronym ERASE-MM 
grant award. The funding for this will be used to hire a social worker to help lead implementation of the newly amended MMR review procedures rule, which allows us to get contact with the family members on a voluntary basis to be able to to participate in the informant review. That voluntary interview will be able to help provide the Maternal Mortality Review Committee some better context around the factors and events leading up to the decedent's death. Another area that we're really excited about is that we've been awarded the HRSA Maternal Health Innovation Grant Program, which is $5 million over the next five years. The state's first maternal health strategic plan is under development with that. Also, we have a doula services advisory committee that was just established this past fall. That group is required to create some core competencies and standards for dual services, propose some multiple options for a Medicaid reimbursement plan, propose incentive-based programs, examine outcomes, findings, and reports on a doula-related pilot program. That is money from the governor's fiscal year 24 budget to help fund that. And then our pilot project applications are currently under review in process of hopefully being awarded soon. In addition to that, the governor's fiscal year 24 budget also included three years of recurring funding for three to five Tennessee institutions to develop a perinatal telehealth project in a defined geographic area. So we're really excited about all the things that are on the horizon for Tennessee. And we are excited as well. That's such great news to hear that the future is looking very bright for the state and for our patients and their babies going forward. And we do thank you again, Dr. Emerson, for joining us. We thank the Tennessee Department of Health for all of their hard work for prioritizing the mothers and babies of this state for their commitment to making sure that perinatal quality care continues in the state. And again, thank your team for the hard work that they do every day to make sure that the state is well taken care of. So we appreciate all the work that you do. We thank everyone for joining us today. And please look forward to us bringing more of our state experts and our state leaders to the table to have discussions. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee presented by TIPQC. TIPQC is funded under a grant contract with the state of Tennessee. Healthy Mom, Healthy Baby Tennessee is brought to you through a cooperative agreement with the Alliance for Innovation on Maternal Health. Do you have ideas for a future guest or topic or even have a question you would like answered on upcoming episodes? Visit www.tipqc.org, that's T-I-P-Q-C.org, and click on podcast to submit suggestions and questions to our podcast team. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to be the first to know when new episodes are available and find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to stay in the loop with our active projects and other relevant news relating to perinatal health in Tennessee.